We are here with uh, Jeff Pilson to talk about the end machine phase two, the new album that uh, came out recently. It is an unabashed celebration of hard rock and everything good, right? I mean, is that is that how we describe it? Oh, are you asking me? Because yeah, that's how I describe it. I mean, it is. I, I like unabashed hard rock and everything good. I love that. I mean, I I mean, I just call it a melodic rock record with lots of grooves and great melodies and hopefully great choruses and just hopefully a record that people are going to dig because we had a lot of fun making it. Yeah, so so just quickly talk to me about this end machine. Now you you had to replace Mick Brown. He he retired, which I probably should do too at some point, right? Oh, no, you're you you've got a long way to go for that, Mitch. Right. Uh, yeah, Mick Mick uh, Mick has decided to leave the business. Um, and you know that's one of those things that wow. You know I I got to give him uh, props for that. I mean that's uh, somewhat of a courageous move and. And I got to respect it. You know, I, I get it. I understand the wear and tear on the body is pretty endless in the traveling we do these days. Um, anyway, so Mick has retired. And by Mick's suggestion and our agreement, we decided to go with his brother, Steve. And it turned out to be just the best decision we could have made. Yeah. Steve is a fantastic drummer, a fantastic singer. And even scarier than all that is he just sounds and feels and plays so much like Mick. It's scary. I mean, I close my eyes and I don't know the difference. And then I hear the voice talking and the voice is so reminiscent of Mick's and his, he sings so much like Mick. It's pretty crazy. I mean, definitely a testament to uh, to the power of DNA. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, truly. So, so just talk to me about this project. Now, is this something like Black Swan that you're going to do just to to get some new music out there or do you want to at some point make this a touring band and make it your your, your primary focus you know as as we get on in the years with Foreigner and stuff do, do you start saying okay I got to make a decision do I want to be the end machine guy do I want to be the Black Swan guy or do you want to be the everybody guy well I mean you know as far as you know going out and being a touring band that's really hard to even imagine at this point because of what's going on. Although I will say um, that, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how long foreigners going to be able to continue doing what we do. I mean, I know we've got a few years left in us and I know we're going strong now, um, but you never know. Um, so yes, it would be nice to have bands that I feel very strongly about, about both the music and the personnel and in both black Swan and, and machines case, that's, that's the situation. I, you know, I just, I, I love those guys. I love making music with all of them. So, um, you know, primary focus, who knows, you know, I mean, you, it's, I don't want to color it. I don't want to predict too much down the road. All I know is that right now I, I do enjoy it as an outlet for making new music. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can do some playing out because when we did the shows with the M machine last year, it was so much fun. <laughs> I mean, just, I, I mean, I, I mean, I love to play with George and, and then Robert is just so fantastic. And that I really look forward to going out and playing with Steve because he's a great singer and I know we could really nail the docking vocals and everything. So it'd be yeah. really fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate um, my intentions or, or, or downplay them either because it's just an open book right now. It's just, it's what I want to do to make music. And if it grows into something more, that would, that is the design. That was the vision for it. So we'll see. I just, you know, I, 
it's too hard to say these days. Look at how unpredictable the world is. It truly is. Now, when you're putting together End Machine and Black Swan sort of co-currently, how do you decide which band gets which song? Is it really based on can Robert sing this better than than uh, Robin or can Rob? How do you sort of say because they are both melodic hard rock projects? So mm-hmm. which pile does it drop into? Well, I mean, most of the time the music starts with myself and the guitar player. In M Machine's case, it's George and I. We sit down and write the music. So there you go. There's the M Machine music. When uh, Reb and I sit down, we write, you know, Black Swan music. You know, there there were a couple songs where I I took the lead in writing on the last Black Swan record. And that just happened to happen. You know, we were just in the middle of doing it and I got inspired and everybody said, great. <laughs> you know, um, but as far as, you know, I don't think about it as deciding which is which, you just kind of feel it. And and the machine has a certain feel to it. And, and you know, most of the time I'm going to want to write with, with George on that and come up with the music and then that automatically makes it M machines or, or docking if that ever happens. But, um, but yeah, so, um, it's, it's about the collaboration. That's what really turns it into one or the other. It really does. Uh, Jeremy, you've been a fan of docking for, for many years. Now, Jeremy's only 26, by the way, and our number one on air host in Montreal. Um, what's your question for Jeff? I don't even know if I have a question for Jeff. This is just cool to be talking. Last time we saw each other was that foreigner backstage. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you were just talking about, you know, you like working with, with George and, you know, now with Steve in the band, you know, he's got the vocal ability and stuff. So, I mean, once you guys go live, do you, with the M machine, will you play the dock and stuff? Like, can I expect to go, oh, yeah. there, you know, oh, like no. in my dreams, you know, yeah, all no, that stuff? Absolutely we do dock and stuff. Of course. Of course. I mean, yeah. Not only would the audience expect it, but we'd want to do that too. We'd want to deliver it. And the thing is, I know we could deliver it really well. Um, There's that artistic side of me that would really look forward to that. Mm. Yeah, that'd be great. Now, let me just ask you about this because you have, of course, End Machine and Black Swan. We've said it 10 times now. There is an an importance to you, obviously, to keep getting new music out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas with the, the, the main bands, the Foreigner, and if you ever do the Dawkins again, there really isn't a rush to get new music out. How important is it for you as an artist to get new music out? And how important would it be for those two other vehicles to get music out? Should Foreigner be making new music at this point? Well, we are working on new music. I mean, okay. we, don't have, we don't have to worry about deadlines or record companies telling us what to do and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it is important that Foreigner stay. I mean, especially for Mick. Mick needs to be involved in writing because that's, he's such a great writer and that's right. such a big part of his psyche that I think it's important. He stay connected with that. Um, uh, so yes, I think it's important there for doc. And I mean, if we were to ever get back together, I think it would be um, number one with the goal of making a record of new music. Cause I know we could do it. We did it in 2016 when we had, we did one new song for the, the live record we had at the time and the chemistry was still there. We could all palpably feel it. Um, and, you know, again, docking is a, it's a long shot. Who knows what, whether that'll ever happen again, but, but yes, to answer your question, I think it is important to make new music. Um, it's, it's not as important. I don't think for foreigner to do a whole new record of new music um, because that's number one, that's just too invasive in a, a machine that's basically geared for touring, mm-hmm. but work on new music and come up with a couple new songs here and there, put them on packages and things like that. Um, uh, and, um, 
But you know what? Yeah, you got to make new music if you're an artist. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess does, not everybody does, but I certainly do. Yeah. You know, talking about how you just said it's a bit of a long shot for you guys to get back with Doc and stuff. It's like, what, what's the drama there? Like, what's the beef? Like, I know, like, Don had some health issues and stuff, and his vocals aren't necessarily, you know, what they used to be. But, like, you know, what's keeping you guys from hopping on a Zoom and writing some tunes together? It, it's, it's, not, it's not drama. Uh, it's, it's scheduling, really. Um, you know, Don now lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So uh, it's and, – and, yeah, you can write on Zoom. But, I mean <sighs> – I mean, George and I were able to write the M Machine record um, using Skype and, and a program called Audio Movers so I could run right. his studio from my studio. Um, but it's not the desired way. Uh, and with Don, I would feel, I mean, we could we could definitely write together um, via like a Zoom, but to really make it work, I think we'd need to be in the same room and we'd need to be bashing stuff back and forth and he'd yeah. need to this and then i need to try that and and we need and you know a lot of when don and i work together is we sing together right and and you can't do that on zoom it's not in sync so um i just that that's part of it um but it's more about schedules don has his own docking right now and you know legally he has to do that and that's fine that's all cool so he's not foreigners so i mean you know it does kind of make sense yeah. yeah, I got a fairly active day gig. Um, <laughs> I, I got a pretty busy day job. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but it's not drama. It really isn't. Okay, cool. No, that's good to know. Uh, you're sitting in your studio, you got all kinds of cool amps there. I want to say, you know, one of the best sounding shows I'd ever seen was Foreigner at that Montreal show at Place des Arts. That venue is like, it's famous for being a very dead room. Like you're not used to hearing like big arena rock tunes being played right. there, and you got it sounded like a freaking stadium that night, and the crowd was going berserk. We have a great sound man, and you know it's a great band. <laughs> you know, I, I really think sound is a big. It, it's a very important part of the show. Is you know you you go see some bands and you know you're expected to sound like the record, and it's just like ugh. And then you go see you guys, and you guys are playing live, and man, like the drums just sound killer. Everything's compressed nicely. Like so, I just wanted to give props to your sound guy. I hope you guys bring him back. <laughs> I will tell him I'm going to see him soon. Um, that's 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 great, and yeah, it is important. I mean, rock music. I mean, yeah, it's about the feel, but part of that feel, what helps the feel is when it sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like in the studio, right? A, a shitty engineer can make a really good song sound, you know, not be a good song. So, right. well, yeah, or not sound like one, right? Talking, you about, know, talking about studio gear, I, I saw on Facebook that you were selling a, some stuff, some gear from like the warehouse. Are you still doing that? Like, you're going through your stuff and like getting the rich I, actually, I sold everything that I was looking to. I was trying to help raise money for our crew. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think I sold everything that I'm willing to get rid of right now. I mean, I did sell a couple of nice, nice items. But, you know, hey, listen, our crew was out of work for over a year. Yep. Right. And due to no fault of their own. So I was just trying to do anything I could to help. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you know, you guys were one of the first bands to jump on the bandwagon, you know, like selling, you know, a limited edition T-shirt or selling your local crew shirts and stuff. And, you know, it it is a bit of a flash in the pan to say, you know, some T-shirts are going to pay for the crew's wages that they ultimately lost. But at least you guys were doing something. You were trying. And, 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 you know, the the gear that I sold brought enough money to help out and be a little helpful. So, I mean, plus. Every, you know, Kelly sold some stuff and auctioned it off. Uh, Breed Love Guitars gave us a guitar that we auctioned off. I mean, you know, there was a lot of 
lot of lot of cooperation in that, and um, uh, yeah, we felt we had to do something. Yeah, right. and, and and quickly, uh, props to Chris Leparage and, and Greg Rule. Yeah, yeah, we, we have to we have to give them props. Um, Greg and Chris, you yeah. you have been asked the question a hundred times. But I'm going to ask it again anyway about Foreigner going on when Mick retires. You know, Quiet Riot did it, and I think rightly so. Why should those songs have to no longer be presented live? Um, are you starting to see now that, that Quiet Riot's done it and, and maybe a couple of others, you just go, yeah, you know what? This is great stuff. Why, why should we deprive the world of cold as ice? Let, let's keep going. Well, I mean, you know, the, the thing is this conversation uh, assumes Mick wants to go somewhere and, right. and Mick really doesn't. Mick's life is foreigner. That's his body of work and his legacy. Um, Mick doesn't want to, you know, stop. I mean, at of least... Course. Point. Um, so, and, and, you know, honestly, we've never really talked. I mean, it's very hard to imagine Foreigner without Mick, Mick's involvement. Um, and I mean, I don't think that'll ever happen. It just won't, you know, he'll always be involved. Um, so I, I think this question is kind of like asking a question about a situation that's a hypothetical that there's no reason to believe right. it would happened so so i don't know i mean um i you know yeah but if um, mick says tomorrow you know what guys i just i don't think i can go on the road anymore you guys go out you keep waving the foreigner flag you keep playing the music and he says i'm cool with it gets your gives you the blessing do you guys keep going on and playing the foreigner because i think well, you should you're, you're asking and you're asking me a hypothetical so i mean I, I all i can tell you is that there's never been a discussion like, okay, I'm going to retire and you guys are going to carry on. That's never yeah. happened. It's never come up. It's no. It what's what has come up is is uh, actually no. <laughs> it really hasn't. <laughs> I mean, it, never like you're thinking. Um, it's because here's what Mick always says. He always says, "I don't want to be that guy that retires and plays checkers and." does a crosswood puzzle. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a musician. Um, and we understand that. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not that much younger than he is. So, you know, uh, he, you know, his point is he just, he loves doing it. Um, and why not do it as long as you can? That's really what it comes down I'm to. I'm with that. And, and even in 10 or 15 years from now, because you are all younger than him, keep going. I mean, there's yeah. no reason well, to end it up. Jeff, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm 26 and all these bands that I grew up loving, like, you know, Mitch has been there since, you know, early 80s and 70s, seeing all these bands. You've been playing in these bands. But now it's for me, it's like, it's it's weird for me to think like, oh my God, like 10 years from now, all the bands I love going to see live aren't going to be around anymore. Well, so, some of them, yeah, who knows? I, You know, again, I'm not going to be a prognosticator anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. We we learned that in the last year. Um, let me bring you back real quick to uh, the end. Machine. I would have seen this all coming. So uh, I've given up on making predictions. All I can tell you is that Mick Jones is going to be firmly involved with Foreigner, you know, I'm, I'm sure in one way or another forever. <laughs> Good. As it should be. Uh, let me get bring you back to the end machine phase two. In terms of writing the the album, do you look around the marketplace and say, okay, we need to have a song like this that's going to fit on radio? Or are you way past that and just go, you know what? We're just going to write what we write, and that's it. Yeah, we're a little more the latter. I mean, 
yes, we would like song, you know, you, you want to think in terms of what will be a song that's immediate that we can release and people will get the band right away. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of the 2021 version of thinking about what's the single. <laughs> but, but, you know, do we think about radio? God, no. <laughs> in radio now for a rock band? No, we just want to write the best music we can. Yeah. Well, why not think about radio? Radio still, you know, market research says radio is still number one discovery for new music, regardless of what people talk about streaming services and stuff. And, and it still pays. So, you know, if you can get a radio single on. Fans, I don't think so. <laughs> well, you got to get on the right rock station. I mean, does the end machine cater to uh, an alternative rock kind of audience? Oh, yeah, because that goes over well. Um, <laughs> 92.3, that's the end machine. <laughs> there is some radio, absolutely. And we are getting some right now, as a matter of fact. There is a promotion person working on that. I'm not saying <coughs> we're ignoring radio. I'm just saying <coughs> we are not writing with radio in mind because radio is a small piece of our puzzle. Right. You're right, yeah, new new music. <laughs> from a band of guys in their 20s of course they want to be on need to be on the radio yeah that's just not but that's not where we are that's just the reality yeah so so what are you writing for do you do you say it has to sound like Dawkins? it has to sound like warrant or, or, or are you just really trying to create its own things what is sort of like yeah. how do you sort of say this song is end machine and my fans will like because i mean obviously you're catering to fans that have known you for the last 20 years, I, I would think. Well, and, and we always have to start with, do we get off on it? You know, okay. and, and are we, you know, getting a buzz? Um, the only difference about this time, other, I mean, we, we did um, process wise, we did things a little differently, um, but we also, we didn't police ourselves as much when things did kind of start sounding dockany. You know, right. if we're working on something and, Oh, let it. I mean, I was like, like, so what? We did that, you know. That we 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 wrote the music for Doc and too. So you know, yeah. why wouldn't it sound like that? And we didn't police ourselves. We just said, you know what? That's cool. I still dig it. You know, I don't care if it reminds me of an old Doc and song. It's cool. Yeah. Um. So there was that thinking, and then when we got to writing lyrics and melodies, um, we really wanted to concentrate on courses. We really approached this trying to be songwriter guys um, and really tried to build that structure for the songs so that when Robert took it away and really did his lyrical thing, because Robert is so great at giving purpose and meaning to lyrics and tying lyrics in, he's so great at that. And, you know, we just all wanted to get a good skeleton going of the song with the, the chorus structure and kind of get an idea where the verse and pre-chorus were going. Uh, and then let him lyrically tie it up. And it worked fabulous. Really, really happy with the results. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's a it's a gifted group of people. And I feel very grateful to be working with them. Yeah, yeah you really should. Uh, well, I don't think I've asked you about this before, but you, you had a chance to to work with Michael Schenker on the MSG album back in, uh, while well, I'm looking at it here, 91. Wow, a long time ago. Um, I wasn't even born. born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remind me, remind me of your birth year again, Mr. Three Jeremy. Years too early, ninety-four. God, yeah. right? Yeah. So before before Jeremy was born, you were working with Michael Schenker. Um, what do you remember about that experience? Because working with Schenker, from what I'm told, 
is both magical and sometimes frustrating. He is a genius at his instrument, but some of the other, how was it for you? Well, I, I mean, it, it was great for me. I mean, we had, it, it was a particularly nice period of time uh, with Michael. I mean, um, there was no substances involved. Uh, and, and he was just very clear eyed. I mean, yeah, he's a dedicated fanatic to the guitar. I mean, he walks around with a guitar and he plays it at all, at all moment. Um, but it was really fun. He was in <clears throat> particularly, like I say, a clear state. The jamming was amazing. Very magical, as you said. I can imagine. And, and just collaborative. And, and I mean, you know, when you're working with people like that, the the objective is to let it flow naturally because when you right. when you are a genius like that the, the problem is when you get your mind in the way you know mm. but we just got it so that we were flowing and grooving james kotak was playing drums and he and i had been doing a lot of records together so we were very solid as a rhythm section at that point yeah. um, and michael was just digging it he was just having fun and the three of us would jam and then robin would come in and just start singing something it was so much fun um but uh uh, but no, to answer your question, I think I had a particularly good experience. I love Michael dearly. I really do. Um, it was a wonderful experience. Yeah, he can he can be a little intense sometimes, but never in a bad way. It's always good. Who's, who, who's the better guitar player, Michael Schenker or George Lynch? <laughs> well, that's ask, asking what's the better fruit, apples or oranges? You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, they're, to me, they're both guys that sit on the top of their heap. You know, so, um, and, you know, I, I'm going to answer this for you and I'm going to answer it in the best way possible. I think that if you had Michael Schenker play Doc and music, it wouldn't sound right. But at the same time, if George started doing all the UFO stuff, it, it, you wouldn't. Know, it wouldn't sound right. George is great at doing what George does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like saying, you know, is Peter Chris better than uh, than um I'm forgetting the guy's name in Rush all of a sudden. Um, oh, oh, Neil Peart. Neil Peart. And it's like, well, no, Peter Chris is better, is the better drummer in Kiss. Neil Peart and Kiss would have sounded terrible. <laughs> I mean, it just, it wouldn't have worked. So, so, so they're, they're both great at what they do. And that's, that's a, um, that's, a, was that where you got to meet Robin uh, McCauley, by the way? It is. It is when I do it. No, I, I mean, I'd met him before right. that. But really got to work with him and be got to work with him very seriously then and developed yeah a life lifelong friendship and you know i was the best man at his wedding and wow. i mean yeah, we connected really strongly and bonded during that record um i mean robin is another guy that just has this insane work ethic an amazing voice yep. he's a great person he's wonderful to collaborate with um and yeah i mean of course i noticed that right away and and um have Try to take advantage of it every chance I get. <laughs> and and, I, and I'm going to do the comparative again, but when you get to Black Swan and you say, okay, we need a singer, and you call up Robin, do you look back and say, man, we had some magic going on in MSG. Let's let's try to get into that vibe. Or do you say, no, 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 forget it. Black Swan is new. Let's start at, at square one. Do you build on what you had or, or do you start at square one? You don't really think like that. Um, it always sort of feels like, I mean... Of course, I knew Robin was going to be great. You know, as soon as, as soon as Reb got involved, the, my imagination went crazy thinking about Reb and Robin together. 
I just knew that it would be something so complimentary and so powerful and so satisfying. Um, so it wasn't like I thought, I mean, the thing is I've also worked with Robin in years since MSG and like I say, we're close friends. So um, I, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was thinking a lot about the MSG experience other than the fact that that is what gave me the basis to know how great a worker he is yeah. and how talented he is. Um, but it was just a question of, I, I, I know. And the thing is, I think Robin is a better singer now than he was then. I agree. Him, as great as he was. Now, I mean, the guy can just pull off. He can sing ACDC songs and, and make it really, you know, he sells mm -hmm. it. Um, and and I, I've, I've been blown away at how a guy like that only gets better with age. That's incredible. I, I'll agree that, that Robin... Uh, has found his voice. I think he knows exactly where he needs to go and he goes there. And yeah. uh, it's it's amazing. And the Black Swan was amazing. He told me last week that you were six songs into Black Swan. We are. Uh, how far, you know, are, are we doing a full album of 10, 12 songs or yeah. is this an EP? What are, what are we doing? No, we all, you know, Reb came here for a week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we did six songs in the six days we worked. It was great. Um, he's coming back in uh, a few more weeks and we're going to hopefully finish it off. But yes, there's a new record. It'll probably be coming out in 2022. Uh, well, I'm sure not before then. So yeah, um, but yeah, whole new record. I'm really excited about the material. It's really coming out strong. Um, Reb and I were both just really pleased at how, you know, sometimes you worry, wow, you know, God, the first one went so smooth, you know, how's this going to be? And if anything, it's even smoother. So really excited. Well, Robin on Saturday and he's, um, we're going to work. Oh, wait, when are we going to work? Uh, next week. <laughs> we're going to work next week, a few days um, and, um, and get started. Then I leave with Foreigner to do some stuff. Uh, and then in June and July, I hope to do a lot more with Rev and Robin and uh, have a good chunk of the record done by the time Foreigner gets underway at the end of July with some serious touring until the end of the year. Awesome. And you guys were supposed to come up and play the Malone State Fair over here. So hopefully the border's open and uh, we get that show rebooked and we can see it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no Canada yet, but um, probably next year. I would, next I would year. Say. Yeah. Hopefully. By the way, uh, the great thing about uh, Jeff... Uh, Jeremy is that he could actually go out and be his own festival. He could play a set with Macaulay, he could play a set with Black Swan, he could do a foreigner, <laughs> and he could do some end machine, then he can do some Lynch Pilsen, he could do some the you could start at noon and go till midnight and it would just be Jeff all day. This Saturday. <laughs> this Saturday, this the Saturday Jeff Pilsen experience. <laughs> this Saturday, Jeff Pilsen Fest, and you could smoke inside. <laughs> Not cigarettes. I hate them. <laughs> uh, but that, but there you go. The Jeff Pilson experience. That that's a plan. So uh, hopefully you'll work on that for our next interview. <laughs> I would, I would love that. Yeah. That's the exclusive. We'll come host that festival. <laughs> I'd be really tired at the end of the day, but it would be, it'd be a great feeling. <laughs> That'd be yeah. a marathon. <laughs> and it'd be ten hours or twelve hours of fantastic music. So, yeah. No. Can't complain. All right. Well, Jeff, you said it all. End machine, man. Uh, anything else you want to get out there? No, those are the those are the things. I mean, M Machine, uh, Black Swan for next year, and Foreigner. Lots of touring. We will be coming around. I mean, again, I don't think we're hitting Canada this year, but we certainly will next year because we love Canada, and Canada has been very, very nice to us. Yep. So, um, 
We're ready to get back. Let's let's get back in the saddle and make some uh, live music happen here soon. Yeah, that's what I'm in for. All right, thank awesome. you, sir. Always a pleasure. And uh, and and the end machine phase two is available now. There you go.